Let's look at our Bibles this morning to the book of Luke to chapter 23. The book of Luke and in chapter 23, and I'd like for us to read verse 33 through verse 46. Our subject, it is finished. It is finished. The words of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 23. Now begin in verse 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the male factor, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding. And the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, Save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in, in was rent in the midst, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, "Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit." And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. There is nothing any more important to a child of God than the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing in my life, and if you're a believer in your life, what Jesus Christ has done for us. I'm afraid there are some who only see victory in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but not in the death and the burial.
was a hymn that we sing, Christ arose, up from the grave he arose. I like the hymn, I just do not like the music to it. I do not like the tone of it. It seems like as we start off singing that hymn, it's all somber as if there was a defeat. Lo, in the grave he lay. And then we get to the chorus, it gets upbeat. Up from the grave he arose. My contention is there's just as much victory in the suffering, death, and burial of the Lord Jesus Christ as it was in his resurrection. I notice if you look with me to 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians and in chapter 15. Now I just read here verse 3 and then verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 beginning in verse 3. Paul did write, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Everything that Jesus did in our, on our behalf and in our stead, everything that he did in his suffering, in his death, in his burial, as well as the resurrection, was all according to the Scriptures. It was all that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. The burial of Jesus Christ and his stay in the grave was to fulfill the great sign given by Jonah the prophet. And as Jonah was in the whale's belly three days, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. It was a fulfillment of Scripture. If there is victory in the resurrection, there is victory in the burial, there's victory in the death, there's victory in the, the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ, and one is not more than the other. All of these are necessary and necessary parts of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Luke, and we've noted this on several occasions, in, in Luke in chapter 9, and in verse 28 through verse 31, when Jesus was on the mountain with Peter and James and John, and all of a sudden, the countenance of Jesus was changed. Notice the reading beginning in verse 28, if you would, of Luke 9. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at 
Jerusalem. I'm just going to stop there. And again, I'll point out as I have over and over that the deceased, the death of Jesus Christ is to be viewed as an accomplishment. An accomplishment. Notice in verse 31, these two, Moses and Elijah, spoke to him uh, of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. The word accomplish means to carry out to the full. It means to bring to completion. It is a, a word that is translated made perfect in the Scripture. As our attention is on the events at Calvary, and in particular, the, the, what Jesus said is our focus this morning. What he said as he was hanging there upon the tree ought to be important unto us. I think of the life of Jesus Christ, and then I look back beyond his earthly life to his eternal existence. And he came into this world to save his people from their sins, to accomplish our redemption and our salvation. He walked upon this earth among men in a sinless nature and character, showing himself that he was God in the flesh. And then he ends his life there at Golgotha, being nailed to the tree, hanging between earth and between heaven. And he had some things to say before he drew his last breath. The seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. As Jesus did hang there, upon the cross, being ridiculed by men, being mocked. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I view that as a message for sinners that there is forgiveness in the person of Jesus Christ. Sinners ought to take heed that there is forgiveness because of the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ. He said, Father, forgive them. I view that as words for sinners. Then he also said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? These are words that I view for himself. Father, why have you forsaken me? I see the humanity of Jesus Christ crying out, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? The words of Jesus. There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Jesus must have looked down upon her and he said, Mother, behold your son. 
He was not referring to himself, but to John that stood there with her, who would be as a son to Mary following the death of Jesus. And he uttered words for his mother. Now think again the, the love of Jesus Christ that was exemplified up, upon the, the cross. He had words for that repentant thief. He spoke to him personally. He said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Think of the words of Jesus, that he had, had words for others. He had words for his father. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. A loving communication between Jesus and his Father. He had words for sinners. He had words for others. He had words for himself. He had words for his mother. He had words for that thief. He had words for his heavenly Father. What about us? Did he have any words for us? When I look at the words of Jesus as he did speak, as he was suffering and dying, what did he have to say for me? It's something to consider. In Luke in chapter 23 and in verse 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said thus, he gave up the ghost. But before he commended his spirit to the Father, before he gave up the ghost, we are told that he cried with a loud voice. He cried with a loud voice. This is not a cry without words. This is not some kind of hysterical sobbing that you might see. There was something that he said as he cried with a loud voice. And I take it personally that it was words for me. If you're a believer, it was words for you. What did he say before he gave up the ghost? Look in the book of John, if you would. John, and in chapter 19, and in verse 30, Three precious words from the mouth of Jesus just before he died. His last words just before he died. John 19 and in verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. 
Ele é férreo. Here's words that he did speak for you and I. Here is words that you and I needed to have and we needed to hear these words. We needed to know this. He did not waste words as he was, was dying. He gave words that we needed to hear. He said, it is finished. The Greek language, only one word. And it means to bring to an end. It ends right now, right here. It's finished. It's finished. If we look at this, Certainly, we want to know what was it that was finished. What was he talking about? What was, was finished? I'll say again, the suffering and death of Jesus Christ was the greatest accomplishment this world has ever known. And when he uttered these words, it is finished, it was the greatest news this world has ever heard. It's the greatest news that could ever be published. It is finished. He had six things other to say, but this brought it all to an end. This was the end of it. It is finished. It's words of, of victory. It is words of a conqueror. It's words of the captain of our salvation. It's words of great accomplishment. He is saying it is done. It is accomplished. It's finished. His words are meaningless if we do not know what was finished. And I'll just sum it up in briefly in these words. His sacrificial work ended right there. Anything and everything that was necessary to pay the wages of our sins finished right there. It was accomplished. It was over right there. There are two words, I think, that are important for us to, to understand. One of those words is expiation. And it simply means to make a complete, full atonement. The wages of sin were paid, completely paid. The penalty was paid. No condemnation. For any and all for whom Jesus Christ did die. And that brings us to the second word, vicarious, his death, his suffering. I'd say even go further, the burial and resurrection was vicarious. He was acting in the place of someone else. Substitution. 
He had no sin of his own. But yet he died in our place. He paid the wages of our sins. He did it all for us. The chastisement of our sins and of our peace was upon him. When he was suffering at the hands of men and ultimately at the hands of Almighty God, it was not for any sins of his own. But it was for my sins and your sins. Just think about that. So many years before you and I did ever breathe our first breath in this world. So many years before Jesus did bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He suffered and he died for us. He was successful. He said, it is finished. It cost him his life. It cost him his blood. It was a great sacrifice on his part, but he did it. He did it. He said, it is finished. When he was first born into this world, in the birth announcement by the angel, it was said, he shall save his people from their sins. But when the angel did speak those words, the accomplishment of that was still yet future. It was not yet done had been purposed from all eternity. In the mind and purpose of God, he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But it was not until he reached that point at Calvary that he could say, it's finished. It's finished. There are some who view those words as the words of a man who was totally exhausted, worn out, just barely could breathe, but the Bible says he cried with a loud voice. He cried with a loud voice. He made a great announcement. It is finished. The book of Matthew and in chapter 20, in Matthew chapter 20 and in verse, verse 28, Jesus tells us why he came. Why he came. Matthew 20 and verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And at Calvary, he could say, it's finished. He came to give himself a ransom. Just think about the word ransom. When a ransom is paid, for maybe someone that is kidnapped or whatever, there's an exchange.
He came to set us free. In order to do that, to remove us from the bondage of sin, he had to bear our sin, pay the full penalty of our sin. And he said it is finished. What an insult it is to the person and work of Jesus Christ for any to hold to the idea that they or anyone else could add anything to what Jesus said was finished. There's not one thing that you and I can do to add to what Jesus said was finished. And we can go far beyond that. There's not one thing that Jesus can do to add to what he said was finished. If it's finished, it's finished. It's finished. We are free because Jesus endured the penalty. But again, it goes farther than that. Jesus, our surety, is free. Because he paid the penalty. No more sacrifice for sin. Jesus does not have to come back and suffer again. He said it's finished. There's nothing that even he can add to what he's already done. Because he said it's finished. It's finished. If we could just truly grasp that. There's, there's no outstanding debt. There's. No charge that can be placed because the atonement is complete. Justice is satisfied. Nothing left for us to pay. Nothing left for Jesus to pay. He said it's finished. I'm just simple-minded enough, I guess, just take him at his word. It's finished. There's still those that go about to establish their own righteousness. There's still those who believe in many different sorts of, of works for salvation. Every one of them insult Jesus Christ. It's an insult to Jesus to think we can add to what he finished. Everyone that believes they can establish their own righteousness or perform some work in order to be saved is actually calling Jesus a liar, saying, you didn't really finish it. We've got to do something to add to it. You remember those Judaizers that came in and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved? You think they believed it was finished? Or something had to be added. And people today are no better than those Judaizers that claim you must be must be circumcised. There's still those saying you must you must do this, you must do that. But Jesus said it's already finished. It's already finished. Let me close with this. Is Jesus 
finished his work upon this earth. Again, it's sacrificial work. We know there's still work going on. But sacrificial work, when he, when he finished that work, there was no more to be done. He bowed his head and dismissed his spirit. I'm looking forward to the time when I can draw a last breath upon this earth. Maybe like Paul say, I have finished my course. Just say it's finished. And maybe do as Jesus. Just bow your head. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Each of us are going to reach that point one day. Every believer is going to reach that point when it's going to be finished. Just like Jesus' work was over. I mentioned to Brother Joel this morning, we were talking, we're immortal until that appointed day comes for us to draw our last breath and then what? It's finished. That's going to be true for believer and unbeliever alike. And Scripture says, He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. It's finished. That's the end of earth life. What's going to happen when we draw our last breath? I'm looking forward to immediately.